This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. As a guy who learned the hard way how important proper nutrition is on your health and the great harm excess weight can have on your health, I urge you to get serious about your health with SimpleToLose.com. Diets don't work, and you're really only going to be successful losing weight when you learn how to eat differently. And that is why the free health coaches at Simple to Lose are so helpful. They teach you how to eat six meals a day and why it works. Many people on my team are working with Simple to Lose and their health coaches. As a team, we've lost over 850 pounds. Mary has lost over 85 pounds and wants to live a long life to keep her family strong. Brad's lost 40 pounds, finally feels like he did when he was in his 30s. Chris, whose father died young due to obesity, has lost 100 pounds and is off most of his medications. Change your life, get healthy, and thrive today. Go to Simple SimpleToLose.com today, not tomorrow. Go today. SimpleToLose.com. Results do vary. Typical weight loss is 2 to 5 pounds per week for the first two weeks, then 1 to 2 pounds per week thereafter. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. How are you? Oh my gosh. I hope you're doing great. I am. I am doing fantastic. Those of you snowed in, iced in, we're going to get that here in Dallas, Texas this week. Right now, though, today, you know, I'll be happy if it hits 75. I don't know that it will, so, you know, I'm sorry about that. I'll be thinking of you, though, and you can think of me next week when you're all shoveled out and we're iced in. So, anyway, this last week I have tried to finish a book that I I, I can't finish. I haven't finished. I haven't found the time to finish it. But where I'm at is amazing. This story is it's fascinating. It's called American Hippopotamus. It's by John Muellum, and it's on atavis.com. It's like, I don't know, three or four bucks or whatever for the book. But uh, no, I haven't finished it yet. And I mean, I know how it ends, right? I mean, we all know how it ends. But uh, getting there is the story. Now, the story, well, uh, the the story intertwines the lives of two men. One was uh, Frederick Russell Burnham and Fritz Duquesne, D-U-Q-E-S-N-E. Now, Fritz is kind of a bad guy. He's known as the Black Panther of the Veld. And at one point, um, Frederick... And Fritz were both commissioned to kill each other. But at one point in their lives, they come together. And Burnham, you know, he was a patriot. He was American, integrity. And Duquesne was this bad guy. Just, you know, pathological liar, megalomaniac, bad guy. But... They came together for one this one cause. Now, Burnham was this guy. I mean, I'm going to read you a little bit from the book on Burnham. This guy was amazing. Frontiersman, soldier of fortune, 
spent his life leaping into conflicts with American Indians and uh, uh, colonial wars in Africa. He was a scout, uh, you know, kind of like a military war scout, um, spy. They slinked into enemy territory to gather intelligence or cut supply lines. And uh, he, uh, I mean, he knew how to live on his own out in the out in the woods, right out in the wilderness. He, in this uh, from the book, uh, he has trained himself to endure the most appalling fatigues, hunger, thirst, and wounds. Has subdued the brain, infant patience, has learned to force every nerve in his body to absolute obedience, to still even the beating of his heart. He reads the face of nature. As you read your morning paper, that's what this was a story on him from this uh, newspaper guy, Richard Harding Davis. Now I'm starting to have reading this story makes me have a little bit of optimism for the country because this country has been in uh, turmoil, you know, for well forever, and we've come through it, right? So uh, one acquaintance, one of my favorite lines, one acquaintance called him. Uh, the most complete human being who ever lived. And the cool th- this guy, <laughs> this is how amazing this guy was. He was the inspiration uh, for the Boy Scouts and Indiana Jones. Now, you know, I mean, this guy was unbelievable. And he, it started, his family moved out west. They were somewhere in the middle of the country. I don't know, Iowa, up some Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, somewhere in there. And his dad had an accident and... Screwed up his breathing, so they moved out west to California with the wife, and he had a brother and a sister, and I don't know how many. I don't know how many were in his brood, and they went to California, and then the dad uh, died, and he was fourteen. So the mom packed up and went back to wherever they came from, or to her family in the in the Midwest, and he was like, you know what? No, uh, I'm going to stay here. And so at 14, he's riding the Pony Express delivering mail in California. And he was like one of the best. He would ride and ride and ride. And he did that for a while. And then part of some of his family in the back, in, out west, back in the Midwest were worried about him. They were worried for his soul. They were, he talked about how religious they were. So they sent for him. And he was like, okay, I'll go back. Fine. I'll go back. So he goes back. And he's there for a short period of time, and he's like, I have got to get out of here. These people are driving me insane. So he sneaks away, and he ends up in the great state of Texas. And he gets in with these old cowboys and old war men who had fought the Indians and fought all over the country, and they were all old now, right? And some of the, most of the wars were over for them. And they were just, they had learned how to live on their own and out in the woods. And he just stayed with them. He stayed with one particular old guy. I forget his name. And this old guy just took him under his wing and taught him everything and showed him, you know, showed him how to live on his own and sent him out and made him do things and suffer and learn how to, how to take care of himself. And then, uh, and so in the, after all of this, uh, I guess we later find out, too, that uh, while he was back in the Midwest from after California, he 
I guess he met some girl and fell in love. And then when he snuck away, later on in I don't know how many years, he sent for her. And they were, you know, together for forever. But in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, the U.S. was changing so fast and growing and the population was growing that we had a huge meat shortage. Did you know that? I didn't. And so they were struggling. Uh, The government and the people were trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Restaurants were setting. The prices were going through the roof. The country was thinking about considering dogs to eat. They They didn't know what to do. Right? And he thought of the idea of breeding hippopotamuses in the United States. Import hippopotamuses from Africa, set them in the swamplands along the Gulf Coast, raise them for food, and turn America into a nation of hippo ranchers. Now, in fact, during this time, a congressman, this, uh, what was his name, Congressman uh, Broussard, I think, or something like that, he dispatched an agent who was raised in Africa down to the south of the United States to study the feasibility of hippos in the swamps. And he wrote a big report uh, titled um, Why and How to Place Hippopotamuses in the Louisiana Lowlands. And he concluded that it would be perfect. I mean, they started calling it Lake Cow Bacon. Right? How cool is that? Now, like I said, right? I mean, we, we know how it turned out. One of the fascinating stories inside of this is that, and we we a little bit of it from David Barton uh, yesterday on Glenn's show when he talked about how Islam was woven into the fabric of the U.S. the way President Obama had said, and we found out that well they were really woven into the fabric of the U.S. because they were the slave traders and got the slaves. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we did know that there were uh, some Muslims, and this would be you know in the 1800s sometime. Uh, I, not sure of the year, when uh, they brought in camels from Africa to fight the Indians and do some battles in the desert, which this Burnham saw and was a little bit a part of because Jefferson Davis, who later fought for the South, uh, was a battle warrior and was up in Alaska and came back to the deserts to fight, and he was a part of bringing the camels to the U.S., or at least they were there and he was going to use them. And uh, in the book, David talked about how they were too slow and uh, they were called nicknames and stuff. But in the book on uh, American Hippopotamus, they talk about how the soldiers uh, laughed at the guys that were ordered to ride the, the camels in the desert that the guys wouldn't ride them. They were like, I'm not riding that. These guys are all making fun of me. I'm just riding this slow, this slow hippo in the middle of the desert. I'm not riding that. So they were left to wander, right? And we found out from David Barton that that's where some of the Muslims came into the U.S. because they were commissioned to take care of the camels since they knew how to raise them and train them, feed them, that kind of thing. So later on in the book, it talks about Burnham uh, going out because they were just they were left to wander, left to roam. Uh, in the desert of the U.S. So he later went with, I don't know if it was him or the other, or Fritz. 
anyway, they ended up uh, getting some money because they went back out and rounded up as many of the camels as they could find that were left wandering around. Anyway, that's <laughs> American. I mean, that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I still have a little ways to go. I'm not sure how far I've got to go in this book. I just keep, I start reading it and something comes up and I have to put it down. I mean, I'll let you know how it ends. I mean, you know how it ends. We are, you know, the commercial, commercial doesn't say hippo, it's what's for dinner. So, I mean, we know how it ends. But it's fascinating. And this uh, John Mellon has done a, a great job with American Hippopotamus. So if you have an opportunity, it's, you know, it's short, good read. You may actually have some time in your life snowed in. Purchase American Hippopotamus. And take the time and read it in front of the fireplace and say to yourself, wow, the commercial actually could have said hippo. It's what's for dinner. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. A lot going on on the Blaze Radio Network every single stinking day. We got Michael Pelka, Puro Pelka coming up right after this broadcast. Chris Salcedo at noon, Mike Slater, three, Joe Pags at six. That's, I mean, that's your Saturday lineup. And then right after Mike, we give you a little bit of Glenn Beck Rewind, let you know what happened during the week on the broadcast. I mean, there's really just keep it right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, you can always uh, follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA or Facebook, Jeff Fisher. I forget what my, there's an Instagram account out there. You can find it. You can follow it all. It's a social media world. Yes, it is. I'd like to thank uh, Krispy Kreme for apologizing. That was nice of them. They, uh... Boy, I haven't had a Krispy Kreme donut in a long time. They uh... <laughs> they used to bring... I know it's a surprise that I've actually eaten Krispy Kreme donuts. Uh, they are really good. Fresh and warm. Oh, my gosh. You just eat like a thousand of them. They used to bring them into the radio station I worked at in uh, Tampa. Oh, man. And then there was a guy that made uh, Krispy Kreme uh, donut hamburgers. Took the hamburgers, but then used the Krispy Kreme donuts as the bun. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a little too, that becomes a little bit too sweet for me. I mean, I ate it. Don't get me wrong. I said, oh, yeah, that's a little bit too sweet. Do you want to, you're going to finish it? Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. No problem. You want another one? Hey, you know, I might be able to take another one. It's too sweet though. It's too sweet. But I mean, what are you going to say? No. Anyway, they had a great uh, promotional idea that, uh, it wasn't really that great. 
You know, they wanted you to celebrate uh, KKK Wednesday at Krispy Kreme. Now, how does that get by? Really? How does that get by? They had their little cute little, you know, each day name things. You know, face painting Thursday, young at heart coffee morning, Sunday was young at heart. They got it. It's cute. So they figure, hey, you know what we can do? We can call Wednesday the Krispy Kreme Club Day. Only we'll spell club with a K. So it's the crispy, because it's Krispy Kreme with Ks. We can use club with a K. And we'll just call it, um, let's call it, um, I know, KKK Wednesday. Yeah, let's do that. We'll push it out on social media and we'll make signs and flyers and stuff. We'll hang them up in the stores. We'll do that. Then once all that happened, that made it through all that, all that way, through that chain. And then it got to the stores and the social media sites and everybody was like, um, it's KKK. You might not want to call it that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. It came down. Uh, it came down as soon as we, as soon as we realized they've been taken down and look, we apologize uh, unreservably for this inappropriate name for customer promotion. Uh, it was never intended to cause any offense. It's been withdrawn, and there's an internal investigation is currently underway. You need an investigation over that? Who's uh, who's in charge of the advertising for the stores? Bill. Yeah, Bill, come here. Uh, you thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Um, you probably need to go back to either... Let's go back to the mailroom. Or you can find a new job. Mailroom, no job. How does that get through? I don't I don't get it. And thankfully, thankfully, we have a healthful diet report. Sugary drinks out, coffee, eggs in. Yay! It's a surprise. Surprise that we're changing everything. You know, I would why would you? You mean something that was reported before is now different now? What? The Government Advisory Committee call for an environmentally friendly diet lower in red and processed meats, but but the panel would reverse previous guidance on limiting dietary cholesterol, and it says the caffeine in a few cups of coffee could actually be good for you. What? The committee also is backing off stricter limits on salt, though uh, we're going to back off on it, but Americans still get too much, too much. It's recommending that uh, the first... Uh, first real limits on added sugar, uh, saying it's especially a problem for uh, young people, you think. There's no uptick in diabetes, is there? Oh, yeah, I think there is. The Agriculture and Health and Human Services Department will take those recommendations into account. We we got this. Don't you worry. We'll take a look at all this for the final 2015 dietary guidelines. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get that to you by the end of the year. No rush. The guidelines affect the nutritional patterns throughout the country. Really? From federally subsidized school lunches to food package labels to your doctor's advice. Now, if you have a decent doctor, the doctor will look at this advice and go, this is what this says. However, Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack, love that guy, uh, says it's no means over with the release of this report. Okay. The government's going to take comments on the advice and 
you know, we may change it, but we've got the final guidelines. Uh, you know, we'll get to it. Uh, the report also talks about dietary cholesterol now is not considered a nutrient of concern for overconsumption. Wait, what? The cholesterol in your bloodstream is more complicated than once thought? Wait, what? The committee says available evidence shows no appreciable relationship between heart disease and how much dietary cholesterol you eat. But it still recommends, of course, eating less saturated fat. Now, the panel doesn't give a specific recommendation for how much cholesterol or eggs a person may eat. Well, listen, don't worry about it. Have as many eggs as you want. No problem. Put a bunch of salt on it. You're good. Put some regular butter on it. But don't have meat. Eat bugs. Eat bugs. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. <laughs> what? It is? Yes. Yes, it is. Thanks for being here. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Three fascinating stories. Uh, one that just drives me insane. Uh, when I said I had optimism uh, earlier in the hour for the country, gee, that might be a little stretch. Because stories like this make me think, eh, it's over. We're done. Move on. Because how many of you? How many of you listening to this broadcast right now, whether it be live or you downloaded it, you're driving in your car, you're at home, you're washing your clothes, you're doing your dishes, you're laying on the sofa, whatever you're doing, how many of you? You don't even have to raise your hand. Just look up. Just open your eyes. How many of you believed, you know, if I ran a business, I could serve who I wanted. I could decide, um, no, I don't have to serve you. Um, there's a person that sells the same thing I do a couple blocks over. Uh, he might sell it to you. She might sell it to you, but not me. Benton County Superior Court judge found that Baronel Stutzman violated Washington's law against discrimination and customer protection act when she declined to provide service to Robert Engersall and his partner, Kurt Freed. Yeah, you heard me. She said, no, I don't want to serve you. Okay, They've both sued her. Both Ingersoll and Freed, represented by the ACLU, of course. They should be representing her. Agonizing. She runs a flower shop. Arlene's Flowers and Gifts. Hey, we're having a wedding. You know what? No. Um, I, I don't want to do your same-sex marriage. That's fine. You guys can, you know, you guys can go get married and stuff. But I'm not going to do any flower arrangements, any of that stuff. I don't want to do it. It's my faith, and I think it's wrong. I mean, I'm not. I'm not mad at you. You're okay. Uh, you, know, you seem like nice people, but I'm not going to do it. it. Goes against my faith. Well, the judge said, "Eh, no." She has to. And she's going to be, oh my gosh. 
I kind of understand. Kind of understand. And I'm going to have to find out if she actually, if she gets any government money. Because I kind of understand there was a case. The lady in the Northeast, they wouldn't do the wedding. Uh, and they got set up, by the way, uh, with the phone call being recorded and all that stuff. But. They, somewhere along the line, were taking some kind of government money. They got some money. And I, that, that was the courts out, I think, on whether they should had to do it or not. Because, well, if you're receiving government money, then you're part of the government. And you've got to follow these guidelines of discrimination and the Consumer Protection Act. It's a stretch. But I kind of get it. But if... Arlene's Flowers is just a flower shop trying to make a living and decides, you know, I don't like you. No shoes, no shirt, no service. You know that sign is long gone. You can't be doing that anymore. However, we do have a school in Atlanta. The Atlanta Gay School Organizers hope to segregate gay students in, oh my gosh, I thought the whole point was to be accepted and be part of it. I thought that was the point. Huh. But they want a full-time school will be called Pride School Atlanta. City's first and only private school, especially for gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender. Kids as young as pre-K. Do you have a transgender kid, three or four years old? That's the school for you. Yeah. Yes, it is. I want to place, this is a quote now. Oh, my gosh. I want a place where queer and trans families can bring their kids and not have to worry about being the token lesbian or the token gay family. Christian Svilovets, chief founder. Svilovets explained that he believes Atlanta needs a school where gay students are segregated from the general student population because too many children are bullied and taunted for their sexual preferences. Are they Svilovets? Are they? Because I see it everywhere. I know I'm not walking the halls of the local high schools, but I don't see it. Sorry. I just don't. But, hey, you go ahead and segregate yourself. That's a good idea. Everybody loves somebody who segregates themselves. That's what you want. You don't want to be, you want to be included in everything, but we're going to be over here by ourselves so that we don't get picked on. But when we want to come back and have flowers for our wedding, you better have those flowers for us. Or it's wrong. And another exciting story. Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. You know, I met Bruce once. I was just thinking, I thought about this last week. I actually did meet Bruce. I was working for a (laughs) sport. I forgot all about it. That's what an amazing man he was. He was a good guy. He brought uh, Olympic medals. He was hawking for Olympics. Uh, The Olympics were in the U.S. Maybe that was during the... Utah Olympics, Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics. I don't remember if there, or maybe, I don't remember why he was, 
when he was out hawking. But of course, he had the you know he's Bruce Jenner. He had like eighteen thousand gold medals in the in the Olympics, and he had a, I've got them somewhere, a little Olympic coins and something, some kind of Bruce Jenner thing signed by him. I was working at a sports station, nine ten WFNS doesn't even exist anymore, but it was one of the country's first sports stations. And he came in and, uh, uh, you know, was hawking for the Olympics. And uh, he claims, he told his family, uh, family sources, uh, tell TMZ, Bruce told the Klan he's kept his true self inside since he was a child. And even, even during the 76 Olympics, when he was considered the greatest male athlete in the world, in his head, he was a woman. <sighs> We're told Bruce never never has been a female in front of any of his kids, uh, you know, until now. As for what that means, we're told he never wore female attire around the children. Right. Bruce has not told the Kardashians what his new name will be. <laughs> Stop it. He will not reveal it during his interview with Diane Sawyer. That Diane's got a big. That's going to be a well watched interview. Or did it already happen? Because I really don't care. I'm just. It's just fascinating to me, Bruce Jenner. And they tried to deny it for so long. For so long, they tried to deny it. And the man, TMZ was on him a long time ago. Man, going in and out. He started having breasts. His hair was getting longer. Just the way he looked, he was going through the going through the entire process, and they just deny, 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 and you're like, that's no way, that's not true. So if, in fact, that is true for Bruce, I mean, do you feel sorry for him for struggling all his life, thinking that he was, feeling that he was a woman, but he was a guy, he exceeded as a male, right? I mean, he exceeded greatly as a male, being that female inside. Do you think that struggle had anything to do with his success. Do you really now, because of technology and medicine, you're going to become a woman? It's just good good for you, Bruce. Good for you. You can finally, you finally, you finally know who you are, don't you? And you're just going to make it happen and, and be damned the rest of the world. I've felt like a woman my entire life. Now that I'm 150 years old, how old is, I don't know how old Bruce is, but he's in his 60s. He's having this done. I've got the money, got the fame. I don't have to pretend I'm a man anymore. I could be a woman. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's fascinating to me that that he would go through with it at this stage in his life. But, you know, good for you, Bruce, or Betty, or Jane. Or maybe we should start a start a what <laughs> what Bruce is going to call himself. Well, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, hashtag Bruce Jenner's new name. Uh, I want that trending today. I may have to start that. Hashtag Bruce Jenner's new name. Elise. <laughs> Betsy. Will he change his last name now? He still wants to be he still wants to be known as Jenner. I mean, he's got to make some money, right? He could do a huge tour. Huge tour. You know the speaking events he'll be able to do? Oh my gosh. Bruce Jenner live. 
the life and times. Or formerly, Elizabeth Jenner, formerly Bruce, the life and times, live, Saturday night. That's a three-hour show right there. Come out, show footage of him, the Olympic footage, talk about his struggles, his workouts, how what he felt. See that right there? When I was throwing that javelin, all I could think of was, oh my gosh, I wish I was a woman. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mark in Maryland, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Oh, good morning, great one. <laughs> anyway. That's another guy. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> How about Jeff Meister? Anyway, I have a lot of friends of mine that are uh, truck drivers. And they talk about Krispy Kreme sandwiches all over the place. Huh? And they, said, they talk about eating Krispy Kreme sandwiches everywhere they go. Yeah, baby. And uh, one of the greatest ones they described is, say, imagine the marriage of a Krispy Kreme donut with a Chick-fil-A breast fried. Just oh. right. Now, I tell oh, you, I said that, while that sounds, I mean, I get it. I, I'm very it disappoints me that they're trying to mess with the Chick Fil A uh, genius that already exists. Oh yeah, because Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Alone uh, thank you, and... thank you. Okay, take care, buddy. All right, thank you. I, you know, Mark is right. I'm sure you know that. Well, okay, I'll give them a test. You know, that's fine. They can have their little tests and pretend. But why mess with the genius that is the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich with cheese and bun? And a large chocolate shake. Oh my gosh! Hello, that's that's. Is Chick Fil A open yet? Jacob Joseph, you are on the broadcast. Okay, you got me. All right, you got me. We're are we still going to die? Hello, I mean, are we still? I, I, you're from. Uh, you know, are we going to die from Ebola? Are we going to? Are we okay? We've got new news. What's happening? Well, news stories, you know, but, but, but a, new, a bowl update. Uh, there's a couple of them in the news. Yeah. Um, Obama announced that he's withdrawing all the troops from Africa, and there's 3,000 of them. And they'll be returning home. We do have a news story. There's 60 of them right now that returned back home at Fort Bragg. They're under Ebola monitoring, and they'll be there monitored on the base for 21 days, and we'll see if and if any of those get Ebola, um, but well, they'll be monitored, that's a good thing. That's, uh, that's definitely a good thing, right? Yeah, but uh, I'm a little concerned about the, the 3,000 of them. There's about five military bases around the United States, and that's the only news story we found. We don't know. That's supposedly an overfill. So there must be, I think there's one in Virginia and one in Texas, and that, the news is kind of silent and not the same. How many there are in Virginia and Texas? We don't we don't know. 
So. Okay, and I also uh, I also have you done any reporting on? Uh, I heard where they have a new testing uh, device that can do it in uh, you know seconds, yeah. uh, minutes, yeah, rather yeah. than. Yeah, I think the World Health Organization. Yeah, fi- just yeah that's right. Fifteen minutes. That's good news. That is good news. Um, but there is. Um, did you hear about the one that they brought? Uh, was a health. It was a healthcare worker that was exposed to the Ebola virus in Africa, and they brought the person back to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and they're just going to monitor them and see if they uh, see if they get sick or not uh, at a private residency. I just a little concerned about that. I mean, that one doctor was it at NBC or whatever that she was. She was news camera. She went out and had lunch or something, and the, the guy turned up. That was like last right. year. But, right, 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 right. You know, so what, what's the, uh, they're, they're going to, they're exposed to Ebola in Africa, and they're just, they're a private home in Omaha. Well, Nebraska. I mean, if they're if they're listen, I, listen. Thank you, uh, Jacob. I appreciate for the update, and uh, you can uh, check out more at uh, EbolaOutbreakMap.com, EbolaOutbreakMap.com, or you can follow them on Twitter at EbolaOutbreakUS. Uh, you know, there. Look, that's what they wanted to do to beginning, right? Uh, the judge here in Dallas, and they're fine. Just let them be in their own home. Uh-huh. And so, you know, if you can keep them contained, you can keep those people contained. Maybe they'll be better. Just don't breathe on me, okay? Just stop breathing on me. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so. I already know that I have an addictive personality. All right? I've got... We've been down this road, you know, a thousand times in my life. I know that I have addictive personality. I already know that. I mean, I've been down there. But now I find out that I'm addicted to something else. Hi. My name is Jeff. Hi, Jeff. And I'm an aquaholic. And I just like to say that I'm here today to try to... Make myself better, okay? Okay, Jeff, would you like to testify? Um, no, not right now. Maybe you guys can tell your story, and then then, uh, then maybe I'll feel up to telling mine. Because I don't feel like it now. I just know that I'm an alcoholic, okay? Okay, Jeff, sit back. Thank, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Did you know you could possibly be an alcoholic, too? <sighs> Drinking too much. Could be horrific. Did you know that? We've been told six to eight glasses of water a day boost concentration, give us better complexion, more energy, keep headaches at bay, help us detox, and even curb our appetites. As a result, many of us carry a bottle of trusty H2O wherever we go. So it may come as a bit of a surprise to find some experts 
started calling into question the health benefits of drinking a lot of water, suggesting that consuming more than the recommended one and a half to two liters a day is more than the body needs. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong at this. I'm a big fan of water. Love water. Cold water, oh my gosh. Nothing better. Well, that's not true either. Uh, There are a number of things better than ice cold water. However, I love ice cold water. But the old adage of drinking, you know, eight glasses a day, uh, drinking uh, half your weight in ounces a day, and that really works to flush your system out. There's no question about that. I have done that. Uh, but the adage of eight glasses a day, really, I don't think there's any science behind that. Um, at least that's what that guy Stu says, he claims. And uh, we can't find any science behind it. It's just something that's evolved over the years. You know, like one guy said it and then two guys said it. And then pretty soon it's, yeah, that's what you need, eight glasses of water a day. So how can drinking too much water turn you into an aquaholic? Lots of water can make you sweat excessively. <laughs> really? Come on. Of course. Plus, now, for me, you know, I mean, I used to sweat in the crib, so it doesn't. Really do, I wasn't drinking a lot of water then. It can cause insomnia. Oh, my gosh. No, what? When we fall asleep, our brains release ADH, antidiuretic hormone, to slow down kidney function and stop us from feeling the need to urinate during the night. But... If you drink two or three glasses of water in the evening, however, that extra fluid working its way through your system is likely to override the effect of the ADH. Fill your bladder and have you getting up. It'd be difficult to fall back asleep. Uh, I got news for you there, Dr. Whiteley. Uh, while I'm a huge fan of not having to get up, so, you know, not drinking a lot of water at night, I get it. I got the whole thing, and I, I'm, you know, I'm good with the whole release of the ADH. But uh, it's not that difficult to fall back asleep. Uh, you don't really have to fully wake up. Uh, so, you know, the ADH may just be put on hold for a little bit. Oh, did you? And you could die of water poisoning. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because in 2008, there was one person, 40-year-old mother, who was on a stringent weight loss program, died of water intoxication after drinking four liters of water in the space of a couple of hours. Why would you? Okay, she was on a strict weight loss program. I'm willing to bet that that strict weight loss program didn't say, hey, drink four liters of water in two hours. But, hey, it's okay. It's all right. It can overlevel the whole thing. You know, it's nasty. You're not supposed to drink a lot. There's, you know, radio's, Bits have been sued because they're drinking too much water. I've had people, you know what stinks drinking is milk. You ever try to drink a gallon of milk in an hour? Some will tell you that it's impossible. I will tell you that you can't do it. I have done it. I have done it on the air. In fact, I mentioned earlier in the show the 910 WFNS, the first sports station, one of the first first sports stations in America. Uh, when I was working at that station, uh, I was... Uh, one of the hosts bet me I couldn't do it. 
and so I did it. However, let me say that it was not that easy. And by the end of the by the time you get to about forty five minutes, maybe you know between thirty and forty five minutes into it, the milk is starting to rise in your body, and it's about you know just below your chest. And then about forty five minutes is coming up, and it's just above your you know just above, and then it's coming up, and pretty soon it's it's right here at the top of your throat, and it's just sitting. By the time you get, you've got like one or two more glasses to go with it before you to make the hour, and that milk is sitting right at the top of your throat, right there, and it's not going anywhere, and it's just sitting there, and it's right there. So you still got to drink some more to make the hour, and this is where people fail. Now you can do it, just do it. Your body'll do it, but it's difficult. And when it's all done, that milk is like right here at the top of your, I mean, at the top of your tongue. It's right there at the top of your tongue. Just milk sitting from the bottom of your stomach up at the top of your tongue. And it's just sitting there. And so when you're, <laughs> I'll never forget. Now this is, uh, you know, and I know I'm off kilter on my alcoholic story, but I'll never forget having done it within the hour. Winning the bet. And that milk, I'm not kidding, that milk is sitting right on top of your, I mean, it's right there, man. Your body is full of milk. And I can remember, yeah, that's right. I did it and I won. Told you I could do it. And you owe me. Is that the end of the hour? We done? And I went and, uh, Disposed of the milk. <laughs> Post haste. Oh my gosh. It's not that fun. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it. But I was, you know, stupid and couldn't say no to a bat. I did it though. I did do it. I'm kind of proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I accomplished in my life I drank a gallon of milk in an hour. Huh? <laughs> oh, you can't say that, can you? No. Well, all right then. So be careful. Now back to my alcoholic. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jeff. I, I, I'm an alcoholic. I'm here today to say that I really, yesterday I drank 10 glasses and today I drank 11. And now, yesterday I went out and I find myself, I bought, I went to, I bought Sam's Club. They got 48 bottles of water, 16 ounces for under $4. And I bought two cases and I drive around there in the trunk of my car so I can drink them whenever I want. Nobody knows they're there. Nobody. Nobody knows they're there. And then I bought some that I brought in the house. So it looks like that's the only ones that I have are the ones in the house. But I really have some bottled water in the trunk of my car. And so when they find empty bottles all around, they think that it's the ones from the house. It doesn't look like I've drank that much. But really, I've drank a whole bunch because there's some using the ones from my trunk. And so I'm like up to, up to you know, 12, 13, 14 bottles of water a day. And, you know, it's getting bad. And I'm losing my ADH levels at night sleeping. And I'm starting to sweat too much. And 
It's really starting to affect the way I think because I can't go anywhere without my bottled water. So I, I'm, I'm now admitting that I'm, I'm an alcoholic and that's, I'm here. Okay, that's my, that's what happened to me. Okay. How much fluid do you need? I don't know. Sometimes as much as four liters, according to the experts. Eh, maybe at least two liters. At least two liters and sometimes as many as four. Uh, most of the time, adult women, they say, need 1.6 liters. Really? Okay. Men, two liters. Uh, it said here that all drinks count towards official fluid target. Don't forget to cut back on the added sugar drinks. We just found that out from the government. The new guidelines will be coming out later this year. Cut back on those sugary drinks. But all fluids do add toward fluids to your body, right? Not just the water. Uh, That's why you can drink a little extra coffee, tea, soda, water, fruit juice. All that kind of adds up, doesn't it? And you also get some fluids from, oh, I don't know, the vegetables that you eat. That kind of thing. Maybe, just maybe. You do a little, I don't know, everything in moderation thing that people talk about. And that's very difficult. It was difficult for me, too. And, uh, well, you know, speaking of that, I'll tell you about, you look, I, uh, at one point in my life, when I was, I wasn't an alcoholic, I was, uh, (laughs) sit down in a chair and eat as much food as I possibly could. And when I felt full, I'd just eat some more. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> up around 400 pounds. I never broke 400, though. I was always my pride. Yep, 395 pounds. I'm not 400, though. I always kind of felt 400 was the the mark of if I hit 400, then I've given up. And so you might as well just keep feeding me, and I might as well go for 1,000. I remember telling my doc once, <laughs> he's writing down his little notes after an appointment. He goes, well, I could put on a little weight. And he's got his back to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm going, uh, I've got a new goal. I'm trying to reach a thousand pounds. And he stopped writing for a second. Well, good luck with that. And he kept writing. <laughs> I never did actually go for a thousand pounds. That was always my point of not breaking that 400-pound mark. But uh, then, you know, it's been three years. Wow, three years ago, I went on Simple to Lose. Three years ago, simpletolose.com. And I lost like 120 pounds. It was amazing. It worked great. And it works for, it's worked for a huge amount of people here in uh here in uh, Dallas, lost over a thousand pounds with all the people on simpletolose.com. And I lost the 120 pounds, and then I, you know, went back on, oh, you know, maybe I can have some of these Krispy Kreme donuts and hamburgers. And you know, maybe we could try that whole Krispy Kreme donut and Chick fil A chicken sandwich thing. Keep the bread over there, though, because if I don't like it, I'll just eat the bread that they've got. Okay, so I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And so, 
you know, you start gaining a little weight here and there, and you start realizing, well, you know what, maybe maybe simple to lose is right, and you should actually go with the habits of health and practice what you preach. And, uh, you know, you're starting to gain some weight back, and you're realizing that, wait a minute, um, no way, no way am I getting back to 395 pounds. No way. I'm not even going to come close to that. And I'm going to get back to the lowest or beyond the weight that I was uh, at the lowest point with Simple to Lose. And that's what I'm on my way to doing right now. And you can do it too. Simpletolose.com. Simpletolose.com. One of the things that uh, is really cool about Simple to Lose is the free health coach. right? And you've got uh, uh, structured eating plans. You know that, I mean, look, any, you can use anything for a diet. Right, you can eat cabbage for eight thousand years and be, you know, ten pounds. But what have you got at the end of that? Cabbage. That's it. At least with simple to lose, you've got a plan where you can enjoy, still enjoy the foods you love, just know how to eat them right and be healthy about it. And that's where simple to lose comes in, and that free health coach. So simple to lose dot com. Work for me. It'll work for you. Simple to lose.com. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. And then we bring you a little bit of Glenn Beck Rewind for the weekend. Chris Salcedo coming up at noon live. Mike Slater after that. Joe Pags all right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Plenty of programming every single day for your pleasure free of charge on the Blaze Radio Network. Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. Monday through Friday, Blaze Radio Network. This lineup on Saturday. Sunday we bring you David Barton, Bill Handel, Hollywood 360, Gun Talk. We just added a new show, Jackie C. I'm telling you, and there's much more coming down the pike that is going to bring you, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Before you even know about it, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the most fascinating stories that I read this week, and it was reported on, it was reported on almost everywhere. Every time I turn down the, I turn on the radio, I hear this stupid report about Vanilla Ice getting arrested. Singer Robert Van Winkle. Uh, getting arrested uh, for burglary, and he's doing some show on uh, on the on the network of remodeling homes or whatever the heck it is. I never even saw it. I've never see, heard of the show, and that's what made me think. And then it comes out that he uh, they got him for burglary for breaking into a house next to a house that he was remodeling, and he said there was some kind of uh, mix up for the stuff. Uh huh. You know what the mix up was? Zero. The mix-up was, I'm going to break into your house and you're going to report it and we're going to promote this show because nobody knows about it. 
Okay? We need people to know about the show on on the DIY network, the Vanilla Ice Project. It's a reality home improvement show. We need people to know about it. So there, I gave you a little promo too. Vanilla. And, uh, ooh, maybe that's a, maybe that's what Bruce Jenner's going to change his name to. Vanilla Jenner. Yeah. Possible. You got that trending yet? Look at the trends. At Jeffy MRA. <laughs> I want that trending. I want the Bruce, Bruce Jenner name change trending. I know it's not going to happen. It's a long hashtag. Bruce Jenner, new name. But, uh, you know, give it a shot, right? I mean, I'll come up with some, and people will chuckle, and then we'll move on, and I'll, I'll say, that should have trended. No, it shouldn't, because it was stupid. I got it. But still kind of funny to me, right? Got a lot of tech articles. Oh, my gosh. I'm, we're gonna, next week, I'd like to get to a bunch of them this week, but well, I don't know that I'm going to. Uh, we've Uber's job. We've got uh, the digital whiteboard. You know, and we've got some more stuff on the, the defense technology, which is the, my favorite headline of the week from the my, my tech headlines. Marines are building robotic war balls. Ice. Ice. Gives you hope we might actually beat ISIS with those robotic war balls. Yeah. I know. I'm looking forward to it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. So I was just, before we get to a little bit of the Oscars and the 87th annual, we've got to talk a little Oscars. Have to. Must. I was looking at the tech stories. Uh, Aaron and Brandme send me uh, tech stories each week, and we kind of go through them. And I like to, you know, I like to bring them to you, share them with you. Uh as often as I can when there's some really good ones. But as I'm going through the list and the stories that they sent me this week, um, one of them is how Google is uh, partnering with uh, Viewmaster for the, you know, remember the classic Mattel Viewmaster, at least those of you that are, you know, above 10 uh, know about the Viewmaster. It was originally launched in 1939, according to this story at the New York's World Fair. Wow, 1939, thousand years ago. Anyway, Google is partnering with them for this new thing. And that got me thinking that this is, you know, they kind of put their Google Glass away. And, uh, you know, it didn't really hit it off well. And then you've got virtual reality uh, eyewear coming where it's going to be strapped onto your face forever. Uh, And did you do your homework? Did you watch the movie? Uh A lot of you probably didn't. Okay. Well, you got another week then because we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it next week, okay? All right. Those of you that don't remember, you sure? Bruce Willis. Remember now? Okay. Uh, they're going. This is their way of uh, getting people used to it. 
instead of jumping right into the ring with those Google Glass and you know making people wear their face masks on all the time uh, to virtual reality and to go from uh, uh, virtual to reality back and forth, uh, they'll get you used with the little Viewmaster, and you can look at your little pictures, click, 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 and your little digital thing, and you can have that on your face for a while, and you can take it off, and it's not really anything. It's just a toy. But you get used to having you get used to having it on your face. And then the next round comes. You still don't remember it, really? Okay. Your homework was to watch Bruce Willis surrogate. Okay? If you watched it, good for you. We'll talk about it next week. Okay? If you didn't watch it, you have another week. I'm, gonna, I'm like Obamacare. I just keep lengthening your deadline. <laughs> that guy. Don't even, I, I don't want to even talk about that. All right. Um, we talk enough about that. That's just agonizing. But it made me think about that. And we'll talk some more about uh, some of the fascinating tech stuff that's happening uh, and keep you kind of up to date on that because I... I love that stuff. So anyway, Sunday, the 87th annual Oscars, the Academy Awards. Yes. On ABC. Yay. And those of you that are saying no. But what's cool is that uh, you get to watch a little bit of it, right? Uh, And then you get to go to, what is it? Say it with me. Walking Dead. And then you can go back to the Oscars or go to bed after that. But, uh, no, I'm not going to start talking about Walking Dead. You can listen to that. We do that every week. Aaron and I do that on Talking Walking Dead. You can download it every Monday on the Blaze Radio Network. So you don't have to have any Walking Dead talk here. Although, it will be fascinating to see the numbers up against the Oscars. Uh, leave it for that one hour. And did you, Have you seen, we'll get to the, uh, the, you know, the nominees of the Oscars here in a little bit. But have you seen this, the... The uh, statues in Hollywood, I mean, I'm, it's really, really, I, I like them, but it's strange. It's, uh, it's a giant Oscar statue, and this one, uh, the first one that you see is he's bending down over two, <laughs> two lines of cocaine and getting ready to snort up the rails, and then there's another one. Uh, or at least there there was one that after uh, after uh, Seymour Hoffman died, Philip Seymour Hoffman died with uh, the Oscar statue uh, with the belt around his arm, and he's getting ready, you know, to put a needle in his arm. Unbelievable! And the title is, you know, Hollywood's uh, Hollywood's best party, Hollywood's best kept secret. I mean, it's the this year's statue planted in front of Elvis Presley's star. On uh, unmasking Hollywood's dark underbelly of drug addiction with the industry's most prestigious icon. The gold Oscar is crouched on all fours over the lines of cocaine. It's really fascinating. Are they trying to say that Hollywood has a lot of drugs in it? All right. Whatever. All right. So we got to. All right. Look at the Oscars. Do we care about visual effects? No, I mean. You do if you're on the inside. You do if you really want to, you know, enjoy it. Writing, eh, okay. Eh, okay. 
care about writing. No. I mean, there's some good stuff. There's some, you know, all the big movies will have it, of course. Short film, live action, eh. sound editing, eh. sound mixing. Eh. Those are the things they say. I mean, they're really good. And the people who do them are fantastic. There's no question about it. And being uh, having a little bit of involvement uh, in, uh, in television, uh, along with radio now, uh, here at uh, Mercury and The Blaze, uh, it's it's really amazing how much work a lot of the editing is uh, that people don't realize. But those are, I don't I'm not downplaying their work, and I'm not downplaying the award. But what I am saying is that those awards are there just to kind of, okay, well, we're not going to give the movie the big stuff, but here, here's a sound editing Oscar. Shut up. You got an Oscar. Uh, music, uh, sometimes those are good. I mean, you got the Everything is Awesome from Lego, Glory from Selma, Beyond the Lights. I'm not going to miss Glenn Campbell. Oh, they might give it to Glenn because he's fun. Glenn Campbell. I'm not going to miss you. From Glenn Campbell, I'll be me. They might give that to Glenn just because he's been around forever and uh, he's uh, <laughs> losing it a little bit. Uh, so they might say, here, Glenn, get up here while you can still remember it, baby. We'll give it to you. But everything is awesome, actually, from the Lego movie. We should win that, I guess. Uh, production design, short films. I mean, those, whatever, right? Makeup and hairstyling. While fantastic, uh, you know, do, does it matter really? Do we care? Not really. I mean, Foxcatcher, uh, you know, Grand Budapest, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, foreign language film. I love foreign language films. And uh, so you got the documentary feature, the documentary short subject. I mean, I love those. Love watching them. But, you know, here, congratulations on your work. Film editing. Okay. There's another one that they're... Uh, film editing. Uh, American Sniper. Boyhood. Grand Budapest Hotel. Imitation Game. Whiplash. Uh, you know, I have a feeling that uh, they'll throw a sniper a couple of those and not give it the best film. Just a thought, you know, cinematography, costume design, directing, I mean, Birdman, they might give Birdman directing and not uh, anything else. I'd like to see Michael Keaton win. He's nominated for the best actor, but I watched Birdman uh, this past week, as a matter of fact, and uh, it's okay. I enjoyed it. I mean, I got it. I got the whole thing. I got it. Michael Keaton, it's, it's you know. I got it. He's struggling with not being a superhero anymore, and he's going crazy, and I got it. But apparently the insiders love it because of the way it was filmed. It was filmed uh, differently than so many other movies, so that they did it in blocks, you know, where most movies will do, you know, a minute here, a minute there, two minutes here, three minutes, you know, uh, segments all put together, whereas Birdman was filmed in huge chunks, uh... 10, 20 minutes at a time, huge chunks so that it all flowed. At least that's what they felt. And you could feel that uh, knowing that, uh, thinking about it. I mean, I talked about it and found out about it really after I watched it. Um, but knowing that, you appreciate a lot of the things that happened because it was uh, you know, a, a flowing thing at once. It wasn't all put together. How That having been said, I got it. Okay? And I like Michael Keaton. And you got the animated film feature. Big Hero, Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, Tale of the Princess. 
Kaguga. Is that Tale of the Princess Kaguga? Come on. And box trolls, box trolls and uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 seemed like they came out like 18 years ago. It was still, it was only this year. Wow. The Big Hero 6. I have not seen that yet. I got to see that. But How to Train Your Dragon 2 was great. I mean, that's a great series. A great, I think I've, those two movies have been fantastic. Uh, best Actress, Patricia Arquette. She, I remember saw her on the on the uh, Emmys, right? And I like Patricia. She's got, I believe she's got the new TV series coming up, too. She's busy cranking it out. Uh, and I like her. But uh, Laura Dern, well, I always liked Laura Dern. Uh, Kara Knightley in The Imitation Game. Emma Stone and Birdman. She was she was good in Birdman, no question. They might that might be a, a bone to throw to Birdman. Meryl Streep. I've got this is uh Meryl Streep is a uh, Stu's uh hated actress. Uh I've got one that's in the uh on the list today, but it's not Meryl Streep. Although I can appreciate Stu's dislike of Meryl Streep because I don't I never thought much of her to begin with. It's like Meryl Streep, okay, she's why does everyone think she's so great? So, am I saying who's going to win? No, no, not really. I don't really care. I like all these guys. Robert Duvall was great in The Judge for Best Act, Best Supporting Actor. Robert Duvall, The Judge. Ethan Hawke, Boyhood. Edward Norton, Birdman. Who was Edward was great in Birdman. Mark Ruffalo, Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons, Whiplash. They, you know, they these all were, did great work. So whoever wins this, I mean, congratulations. The, they all did great work. I watched the judge this past week. It was it was really good. Um, a little little predictable and slow at times, but it was good. And Robert Duvall, of course, is Robert Duvall, man. He's the man, right? <laughs> and uh, an Iron Man as the attorney. I mean, it was fantastic. And he gets to do movies like this when you make 18 billion dollars from iron man uh leading actress here's my here's my actress that i just don't get julianne moore julianne moore why does everyone think she's so great i can't take her but she's nominated for best actress uh in uh, still alice velocity jones a theory of everything marion codler two days one night Roseman Pike, Gone Girl. I like Roseman Pike. She's been in a lot of good stuff. Reese Witherspoon is wild. They might throw Reese a bone. She's been in a couple of couple pretty strong movies. Julianne Moore, though. Why does everyone think she's so great? And then I'm forced to watch her in the latest Hunger Games, which I watched last night, finally. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's last, uh, speaking of heroin overdoses in Hollywood, Philip Seymour Hoffman's last thing. I watched Hunger Games. It was okay. It was just like, you know, the... Uh, Land of the Apes movie. They just shoot it to build you up for the next movie. There's no definitive stuff in there. It was okay. It was just like, hey, we're going to put this together. And we're going to make you watch it because you're not going to be able to not watch it before we make the other one because you're going to have to watch the other one. Thank you, Hollywood. I appreciate it. We'll tell you the best actor and best movie in a little bit. But the 87th Oscars this weekend. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number that you could use if you'd like to. But you don't have to. And you can go to the same site you're on listening to this broadcast, uh, theblaze.com slash radio, and you can download the show for later, send it to your friends, tell them. To, I mean, just, you can listen to it anyway. You can do that. Oh, my gosh, you can do that with every show. Every Blaze show. You just download it. Take us with you wherever you go. And just remember that when I'm with you, I love you. Okay. Best actor. We'll finish up the Oscars real quick. Best actor, uh, Steve Carell, Bradley Cooper, Benedict Cumberbatch, Michael Keaton, uh, Eddie Redmayne. I, you know, I got Ed Redmayne theory of everything, uh, you know, was was great. Cumberbatch, of course. I mean, he's just the man and everybody loves him so much. Benedict Cumberbatch, he's okay. And uh, Bradley Cooper was fantastic in American Sniper. I would kind of like to see Bradley get it. He's brought a lot of money to Hollywood, and he's done a lot of crazy, you know, movies, and he hasn't gotten a lot of credit. So maybe, maybe they throw it to Sniper, but I doubt it. Uh, Michael Keaton, Birdman. I think they're going to throw Birdman some love, some other places, but Michael won't get it, and they're probably going to give it to Steve Carell. In fact, Gadget, because he's such a breakaway role, and it's not what you think he is, and it's so wonderful, and he's got so much time left in Hollywood, it's going to be beautiful. And then the best picture, you got Sniper, no way they give that. Birdman, Boyhead, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, I have a feeling they're going to give it to Selma, because don't forget the whole racism thing, and why it wasn't nominated for all that stuff. And nobody wants to be seen as racist anymore, so they're going to give it to Selma, and then everybody can just say, we're not racist, we're we're loving Hollywood, shut up. And so I think that's what's going to happen, and, you know, so Selma will probably win. Um, although, you know, there's some good movies, some great movies, and if you haven't seen some, you probably need to see them. So good luck and enjoy the Oscars, and enjoy Breaking Away at 9 p.m. Eastern. For The Walking Dead. Hey, we'll see you uh, We'll see you again uh, tomorrow for uh, Talking Walking Dead and then next Saturday. Anyone told you that you look great today? No? Oh, my gosh. You do. You look fantastic. Except uh, you, uh, you're not going to wear that all day, are you? Okay. Okay. Looks good on you. This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.